Welcome to The Definitive Rap, where we report the truth about American exceptionalism. We love our flag, we love our country, and we believe in America. The Definitive Rap, where we respect people of faith, the men and women in blue, and our support for Israel. And now, your host, Bela Sebraff on The Definitive Rap. Hello, and welcome to The Definitive Wrap. I am Bela Sebrow. Thank you to Five Towns Central for sponsoring this show. Israel has proudly been a powerhouse of technology and innovation. Israeli inventions have changed the world. In fact, in the world of technology, Israel has been coined as king. Folks, we have a very special show for you today. Inspira a Renana-based startup tested a less invasive concept of oxygenating blood without intubation. Inspira's unique ART-500, which stands for Augmented Respiratory Technology, is something that we're going to hear about. In other words, this will eliminate the use for intubating patients. We will hear all about this fascinating invention that will save people worldwide. All the way from Israel, President, Director, and Co-Founder Joe Hayon has over two decades of experience in senior management. Prior to joining Inspira, he served as Treasurer and Cost Accountant at Sanmina, formerly uh, Elskint, Chief Financial Officer at the uh, Arazim Group, Chief Information Officer and Controller at Plasen Sasa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, so please forgive me, Joe. Joe has vast experience in driving and executing company visions and goals. His experience has expanded all over Israel, U.S., Europe, and more. Having executed to date two M&As alongside actively being involved in implementing multiple acquisitions and collaborations. Joe, shalom, and welcome to the Definitive Wrap. Shalom, and it's a pleasure to be with you. What an honor it is to sit here and speak with you. Please tell us all about ART-500. Sure. So thank you very much. Um, the ART-500 is a product that's in development. It's a very interesting product. And our goal is to eliminate the need for mechanical ventilation. You see, we've studied and we've understood the terrible pathway that so many patients have taken ending up on mechanical ventilators. You know, they get brought into the ICU, they have difficulty breathing, yeah. They have respiratory infections, diseases, and they're treated with some type of an oxygen supplement, whether it's an oxygen mask or a non-invasive form of ventilation, like BPAP. But it just right. doesn't work in so many cases because the lungs right. are so thick, the oxygen can't penetrate the, the lung walls. And right. so the doctor really has one opportunity today, Baylor, and that's to intubate the patient, place them into a coma, and have this mechanical ventilator take over and it's oh, the only thing it's really doing, and it's important, is to sustain life. But the doctors need to take care of the underlying, underlying medical problem. So they are needed today to add so many risks and complications so they can actually take care of the underlying medical, medical problem. And this is what's maybe causing a lot of the complications that we see, a 50% mortality rate in this patient yes. population. Now, what we plan to do is something completely different. We plan to bypass the sick lungs and go directly into the blood. So Im image a patient 
that's awake, communicative, and their lungs are working. We're not going to shut down their lungs. We're going to let them work and let them provide whatever they can at their pace, but let them rest, let them, uh, let them heal. Now, as a treatment opposition, the R500 is basically a process similar to dialysis, whereby you are ins- inserting a, soft, a small a tube into the neck, into the vein. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing through one insertion point is that we're extracting a very small quantity of blood one liter of blood per minute, which means very little blood is actually outside the body. It goes through this external kind of artificial lung. The special artificial lung, the R500, is actually stripping the blood of carbon dioxide. So it's like when we exhale, it's bonding high quantities of oxygen to the blood. So like when we inhale, and that oxygen is con- that air is converted into oxygen going through the lungs into the blood. And this way, this enriched blood is being circulated back to the patient and the goal is to boost the patient's saturation levels to about 95% or higher so that mm-hmm. the patient can be awake. And the goal right. is to eliminate these risks and complications to the doctors. Because when the patient's in a coma, you're working in the dark. You've got to run tests. The, sh- the lungs are shut down. It's right. a slippery slope. And just risks and complications start to build up if it's not a quick turnaround. So at what point does a patient need to be desaturated uh, in order to be eligible for this procedure? So basically what normally happens is that, again, this is a product in development. It's yet to be tested and go through regulatory approvals, but we'll touch on another product in a moment uh, that, has, that has just been submitted to the FDA. The R500 is a very, very unique technology. It's a game changer. It's going to hopefully change the landscape. But we're targeting, targeting patients that would receive an oxygen supplement and where they would continue to deteriorate and be on path to mechanical ventilation. But mm-hmm. our goal is to treat them in much less time without adding all these complications right. of intubation and coma and overinflating the lung, which is a huge problem that causes the lung injury, and right. therefore provide the patient a much better chance of recovery and, over, and a much sure. better Sure, sure. I, I mean, I, when patients are intubated, uh, one of the first things that drops is their blood pressure. Their blood pressure drops... Um, amongst all the other amongst all the other issues, and 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 the fact that they're they're in a coma, they're they're placed in in a medically induced coma, it creates other issues. Um, I I've seen it firsthand with family members. You know, some some people survive, and and when they do, they're never this. I mean, in most cases, they're 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 not the same. They're just never the same. Um, you know, the, Sorry, at, at first, the first time a, a family member hears that a, their their loved one has to be intubated, it, it's it, it's horrible. It's a horrible feeling. And C- for correct. the patient as well, of course. Maybe more so. post-traumatic stress. It's difficult for the family to know that their family member, their loved one is being placed into a coma because like they're getting sent somewhere right. in a sense and you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And therefore... You know, when we set out to create the solution, the first thing we said, you know, we put a couple of goals in place, you know, before we even start with the technology. We basically said, listen, we have to eliminate what's putting the patient at risk before we even start working on the patient. And having a patient in a coma, placing them in a coma, has mental stress for the patient and for the family. It has a terrible effect sometimes on the body. It makes managing the body in that situation even more difficult. You've got to run tests. The patient's not moving. They'll develop pressure wounds. Other, sure. and, uh, other medical infections conditions. Infections and lung infections. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and the intubation all kinds of other infections. 
and, and you're actually trying to push oxygen and air through those sick lungs, which means you've got to apply pressure. Uh, people don't realize it, but one in four patients in, in, in certain regions, you know, depending on what research you're looking at, suffers from ventilator-induced lung injury because you're over-inflating the lungs because right. the lungs are blocked. What do you do? You apply more pressure. It's a vicious circle. And if it doesn't, if the patient's not treated and doesn't come right within a couple of days, it's a slippery slope. And we know, we know medically from research that there's a 50% mortality rate, 40 patients are readmitted within 30 days. Yeah. And so if they're on the machine again and again, it's just a slippery slope and 30% have post-traumatic stress. Now, right. this is not one person here or one person there. This has got nothing to do with COVID. Every single year, there are 20 million people worldwide who end up on invasive mechanical oh, yeah. ventilation. Oh, yeah. It's a big, yeah. it's a big problem. It's and a big it's problem. Only yeah, when they get sick, more. sometimes infection causes them to desaturate. Yeah, and they're, 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 they're just the numbers go down and then eventually they, they have to be intubated as it stands right now or they die. Unfortunately, and if, and if you know, if you're a, you know, there's more and more pneumonia, there's more and more COPD, there are more and more diseases going and infections going around these days. If you're a patient that's got other medical issues, that puts you at a big disadvantage when, you, when, you, when you're in this medical condition. If you're a patient who's elderly and not that old, you know, like someone, you know, even past his 40s, 50s, depending on what, what their, their, their natural uh, con- you know, health condition is, it's a big problem, not to mention the elderly. Now, this is a huge issue because if you look at the whole population, the percentage of elderly people in the population is growing. Birth rates yes. have gone down. There yeah. are more and well, more people with, that are vulnerable yeah. to these infections and diseases. Yeah, there's more medical interventions, so people, thank God, are living longer. And of course, they, they're getting more health problems too. Right. right. Yeah. And hospitals can't really deal when there's a lot of... Uh, multiple patients with this type of medical condition at any given time. That basically almost causes the, the department to, to be under tremendous strain. And you know what happens when there's tremendous strain? Things start happening. Yeah. Quality goes down. Stuff oh, yeah. that is fighting night and day is burdened. So the Art 500 is being designed. It's not just about oxygening small quantities of blood in a way that the patient's awake. And, the, and without the intubation and the coma and all these complications. It's also about a, 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 um, integrating unique blood sensors that we're developing that monitor the blood at every given time. So it's almost like type of a blood test on certain parameters that's happening all the time. And the wonderful thing is, is that it's being designed not to physically touch the blood. So it has mm-hmm. optical sensors that are scanning the blood, turning images into blood parameters so that we can know and, the, and tell the doctors what's happening with the patient at every given time. We would be able to tell the, pa- the, the doctors What's happening in the physicians and the perfusionists? What's happening within these types of machines that are oxygenating the blood? So it's giving a much bigger and wider uh, overview of the situation. And so together with AI that we are developing, we would potentially reach to a certain level that we're giving almost a bird's eye view of what's happening with the patient and within the machine. We would be able to come to uh, identify potentially abnormalities, trends, potentially alert doctors of any sudden change in the patient's conditions. So this is the goal. This is the vision. We're working night and day to make this happen. We're still in development, but we're making a lot of progress. And hopefully millions around the world will be able to have a much less invasive and safer type of treatment, which also is designed to reduce the burden on the stock. Okay. And, And this is when the design comes in. 
We've designed it to be with small cannulas, a special cartridge that's plug and play. It's got software. It's all built to reduce the burden on the physicians, the perfusionists, so that they will have more time for the patient than managing systems. Right, right. Where did you get your inspiration from? You know, I've worked for many years for very big companies, and I was very, very lucky to be involved in a lot of projects. Um, at Plasan, the events company, uh, I was heavily involved in a project where we manufactured all the armored vehicles for the for the for the uh, military, both in Iraq and Afghanistan. When mm. you come to work and you know that you're doing something that's saving lives, it grows onto you. It's a reason to stay another day, another couple of hours, to do that, go that extra uh, uh, that extra step, that extra journey, whatever you're doing, because you know the quicker you do things, the the more it's going to help people. And in that case, it was saving lives because the quicker the cars, the armored vehicles got to the war zones, it means less soldiers were getting killed. The same thing with spirit. You identify something which is bigger than you are. You understand that you're just a little, uh, you're just a little grain within this big thing that you've got to create and you've got to build a team and you've got to get a lot of people involved and you've got to get a lot of information. You've got to get a lot of processes and knowledge going. And the more you develop this capability, the closer you feel to actually getting it. And this gives you a lot of motivation. And we know it's a long journey. We know this not how it takes a day or a week, but it's something that fulfills you. And, and, and you see the commitment of everybody around you. It's a lot of drive. It's a lot of synergy. It's a lot of energy. And you know that despite that you're dealing with huge challenges, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing for Inspira to bring these products to the market. It's not about being a startup. It's not about what's associated about building a startup and what could be the successful result. It really starts with succeeding with the big mission, and that's bringing the, these systems to the market, and the rest will fall into place afterwards. Yes. <clears throat> what complications do you see arising uh, for patients from this procedure? Um, look, we'll know when, when we get into humans. We are planning already next year to do a small uh, a pilot on humans because this is a new intent of use. It's a new type of procedure. Uh, and therefore, we will identify who will be the best population before we go to uh, studies. When you're talking about things like this, you know, the most important thing is is multiple. You know, you got to make sure when you're dealing with blood is that you're managing the blood properly and that you're not creating any damage to the blood cells. Right. This is critical because if you damage the blood cells, you won't be able to bond the uh, blood to the hemoglobin. But this is this is our core technology. This is our core capability. Uh, and I hope that we will uh, be on par. We already have indications from our recent system we're going to why we can do and what we believe we can do, what we say we can do. Secondly, you know, there's always things about patient. You know, there are always things about when a pain, uh, patient's got a cannula, you've got to make sure there are no infections. Uh, but again, it's a small issue in relation to the big picture. Um, so Good. I think, you know, I think what we're trying to do is add a lot of take. Uh, blood oxygenation, what's called extracorporeal blood circulation as the sector, to, a, to add a lot of safety features so that instead of it being used on a small population today, like in ECMO, we would like it for it to be used on millions of patients at a much earlier stage when they're not as sick, uh, but using this great uh, technology and concept. So what I can say is we're going we'll, we're to work to iron these things out, but hopefully the benefits will, will greatly out, outweigh the risks. Risks, right. <clears throat> There are patients or next of kin uh, to patients who choose not to intubate because of the complications and difficulties 
with respirators. And also sometimes doctors will discourage intubation too for seriously ill patients that they think will not survive, but uh, in many cases they do anyway. Um, with this new technology, all, th- all that will no longer be an issue. Is that correct? Look, in the medical world, there are lots of challenges. I don't want to ever come and say, guys, there's not going to be a single issue. There's not going to be right. a single risk. Uh, we have to be realistic because the biggest uh, um, factor here, you know, we can make the most amazing device, okay, yeah. with the most amazing safety feature. But at the end of the day, at what stage was the patient brought to our machine? How suitable is what our machine can do to their medical condition? And again, how was how did the process go? So there are a lot of third-party factors here that are, that are brought into play. But what we plan to do is to help and and reduce the risks and the and the, and the, and the complications for millions that have no choice. But we want to help doctors with the decision making because today, just just imagine how difficult it is to be a doctor in the yeah. ICU. You know your patient's breathing. You know they're deteriorating, and you know you actually know they know that they're sending them down that slippery slope, but that's all they have. Right. It's, right. it's a terrible job they have. They have to play God. We want to give them a new alternative to try out before they go down that pathway. Yeah. They may still need to in some cases, but let's think about all those that will basically be safe on this pathway and how, because the treatment is designed to be much shorter and much quicker because you don't have to put a patient in a coma, which means you don't actually have to wake them up and get them out. And again, there are no complications. Take, you know, in, in theory, I would say, from the intubation and, and uh, the, the inflating of the lungs. Yes. So as that I said, as a disclaimer, we're working different. As a disclaimer, it's a different technology. Of course, we still have a long way to go. But the way we view it, there is a potential here to provide a game changer to the market. And hopefully, we'll be able to complete all the different stages. Hopefully, get this product through a clinical study with FDA approval in the future once you know everything's tied down. And hopefully, this will make a big, big impact on this healthcare sector. Sure. And I imagine this will also reduce hospital costs as well. Of course. You know, we don't realize it, but a lot of hospitals lose money. If you look at them at their bottom line, they lose money. And the reason they lose money is because, you know, there are some treatments that are very profitable and there are a lot of treatments where they lose a lot of money. Now, when it comes to these complicated problems, if there's a complication, it's on the account the hospital has to chip in. If the hospital, re- if the patient's readmitted within 30 days, you know, the, the medical, uh, the payer will come and say, listen, I'm not paying again. You didn't right, do a good job the first right. time. It's on you. And now there's actually something that's called the reimbursement factor, which is basically a statistic of the hospital's success rate. So think about it. Some hospitals today are getting 70 cents on the dollar, 60 cents on the dollar, 80% of the dollar. Not to mention that when your staff is overburdened, that's going to run additional complications. So they're in a vicious circle to keep their head over, out of the, and above water and to right. run mm-hmm. efficiently, effectively, and reduce complications and mistakes and errors. These guys are angels, but they, they've got a difficult task on their hands. And I think that by bringing this type of technology with not only the blood technology, but the monitoring and the AI, we have the potential to support decision-making, to alert of sudden changes in patients' conditions and really provide multiple levels of value to the healthcare center. And again, the payer is not going to complain whether it's the patient or the medic or the insurance company. Right, right. So where are you now in terms of approval? 
Okay, so I just want to stop a second and give you a bit of an overview of what's happening in okay. Spirit. Please, thank okay. you. The Arc, the Arc 500 is in development, okay? We're working on multiple levels. We have, it's not only the device, it's a lot of sub technologies. We're developing uh, 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 other elements, cannulas, uh, an advanced oxygenator, which is a special type of filter that filter its blood. Things that the world, some of it the world hasn't seen today, totally new types of technologies. So we're not a company that's integrating technologies that we're buying at the shop. We're building a lot by ourselves. And it's very visual when you see the software. Now, a bit of a teaser was this week because the company presented the Art 100, a system designed to use blood circulation uh-huh. for cardiopulmonary bypass. Okay, uh-huh. so that's yes. like in surgery, open heart surgery uh, procedures like that. Now, they're almost like there is a bit of a relationship because they're both dealing with blood circulation, but for a totally different intent of use. It's a different type of product, a different regulatory pathway, a different type of patient. Mm-hmm. But what everybody you know saw at the at the ELZO conference, which was held in Seattle, was startling. We're the small company with 50 employees. Uh, we are traded on the NASDAQ amongst all the biggest players in the market. Uh-huh. And I'm very proud to tell you that we generated a crowd. Whether they're from the industry or doctors, perfusionists, a lot of people came and they were exhibited how the system works. They saw advanced uh, uh, um, and user centric innovations with the software. They see a system which is very well designed that comes on its own trolley with a lot of uh, uh, user uh, uh, advantages. And this is just an indication of Inspira's capability to develop blood circulation technologies, software technologies, to integrate them, to test them, and to bring them to the FDA in submission. And hopefully, within the next six months, we hope to see uh, to receive FDA clearance. So this is a true yeah. indication of what our capabilities are and what we have planned ahead for the R500, which is really a quantum leap that the world hasn't seen. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, the name Inspira signifies that this will be an inspiration for health and survival for patients who desaturate and have till now been needing mechanical intubation. This is unbelievable. It, it's such an honor to be sitting here and speaking to, to, to you. It, it's just, um, I feel blessed. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to share the story. Very important that people understand what we're doing every single day and what our goal and vision is. Uh, we let people, we very much like that the medical community, the medical society, they tend to follow what we're doing. Uh, they even sometimes are a part of it because we like to research and to, to ask questions and to understand what their needs are with the goal being to provide the best chances that we can add to the equation so that at the end of the day, they will have the most advanced tools to save people's lives in the most effective way without adding complication. This is the goal. This is the mission. This will be the success of, of Inspira. And, you know, we're doing everything we can with, with a lot of disclaimers there. We have a lot to do. Products have not been, the product has not been approved yet. But this is the big picture. And we are highly motivated, not only me, but the whole team and everybody around us to do this for a much bigger cause. Joe, thank you for joining us on the Definitive Wrap. May God bless your holy work. As you know, it is written that if you save one life, you save an entire world. Thank you for saving the world, Joe.
Thank you for having us. It's been a real Thank pleasure. you again for joining me and joining us. Thank you to Five Town Central. Thank you to our audience for tuning in. And wow, Joe, you're just an inspiration to the entire world. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to The Definitive Wrap with your host, Bela Seabrow. Be sure to tell your family and friends they also can catch The Definitive Wrap on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and your favorite streaming service. See you next time on The Definitive Wrap. We'll be right back.